0: Hey, Next on the T Nation, thanks for tuning into this segment of the show. I really appreciate all your support. If you're enjoying the show, please go online to podcastmagazine.com and vote for us in their Hot 50 list. Just go to podcastmagazine.com forward slash hot 50. Stay up to date with our guest schedule by going online to nextonthetea.net. I really appreciate you. Enjoy the segment. Before we get started, I want to remind you about our friends over at the McLemore. My buddies and I were there last year for our annual golf trip, and it was so amazing. We're counting down the days until we get to go back again this year, a little bit later on this month. Everything about the place is first class. We had great accommodations. The practice facility is wonderful. The on-premise restaurant called The Craig has outstanding food and service, and the course lived up to every great expectation that we had for it. Can't say enough great things about it, folks. Go online to themacklemore.com to see how spectacular the place is for yourself. The golf course is co-designed by our good friends Bill Bergen and Reese Jones. And our friend and PGA Tour caddy Kip Henley said, outside of Pebble Beach, it's the most beautiful 18th hole he's ever seen. Golf Digest agreed, naming it the best finishing hole in America since 2000. And then Lynx Magazine recently doubled down on that, naming it one of the top 10 finishing holes in all of golf. See why we're all saying such great things about it by going online to the maclamore.com. And a special shout out to our friend Jerry Weaver up there at Maclamore. Jerry, thank you so much. He did a great job of getting everything aligned for us from our stay to our golf arrangement and everything is going to come off perfectly thanks to Jerry. Jerry, you're much appreciated. We look forward to catching up with you when we're there in a couple of weeks. And folks, this segment of the show is brought to you by TaylorMade. Golf's an interesting game because the better you hit the ball, the fewer shots you have to hit. That means The better you hit the ball, the less golf you actually have to play. That's why TaylorMade made the all-new Stealth Irons. TaylorMade Stealth Irons feature a cap back design with a 3D toe wrap designed to help deliver increased distance throughout the bag and more forgiveness on those occasional, or maybe not so occasional, less-than-perfect shots. The result? Better shots more often, so you get to have more fun more often. So if you're the kind of golfer who wants to play less golf more often, try the all-new Stealth Irons from TaylorMade. Beyond driven. All right, now back in next on the T with me is Evan Schiller. If you're not familiar, like I say, with Evan's work as a photographer, you need to go check out his website, evanschillerphotography.com. And I mean this sincerely, folks, and not just because he's my next guest, but because it's both true and on top of being a great guy, it's the reason I've asked him to come back on the show a couple of times now. He's just the best photographer on the planet. No other way to say it. But before we all grew to love his photography work, He played college golf at the University of Miami, where in the 1981-82 season, he helped the team to a third-place finish in the Indy Bean Classic, a fourth-place finish in the Furman Invitational, another fourth-place finish in the Southeast Invitational, and in the All or Nothing Tournament at Athens Country Club, they finished fifth and earned a berth in the National Championship Tournament at Pinehurst, where they finished 10th. They had another strong team in 1983 and Evan helped them finish second at the FIU Sunshine Invitational. He qualified to play in events on the PGA Tour from 1984 to 1988, including the 1986 U.S. Open at Shinnecock Hills. Evan has now photographed over 600 championship golf courses worldwide, and I'm looking at his calendar hanging right here on the wall, folks, and I'm honored to have him back with me again tonight here on Next on the Tee. Hey, Evan, thanks for coming back on the show. Hey, Chris, thank you very much. Um, I appreciate being here. Really great. I <laughs> <laughs> appreciate you, my friend. <laughs> Evan, like I mentioned in your intro, Darren, right at your calendar here on the wall in my studio. Having photographed 600 plus championship courses around the world. How do you decide which 12 pictures you're going to include in the calendar? <laughs> uh, wow. Um,
1: I don't know. It's a good question. It's always tough to narrow it down to 12. Um, I generally like to take some of the more recent ones I've shot. You know, there's, there's always moments during the year where, you know, I go shoot a course and I'll go back, you know, to my hotel room or after other days done and I'll look through the images and I'll go, okay, that one looks like a, ca- that one looks calendar worthy. Um, so I, I create this folder, ongoing folder throughout the year of, you know, images that I think would be calendar worthy. And then, you know, when it kind of, comes time to start putting it together, which is getting, it's getting to that time. Um, I, t- I try to pick a variety, you know, from around the country, you know, overseas, some. So I don't know. There's no, you know, there's no rhyme or reason. There's no method. I just pick what I like and it kind of, you know, develops from there. Say so there are definitely some that I shot, you know, I shoot throughout the year. Where I go, oh, okay, this one's in the
0: calendar. <laughs> so yeah, I'm imagining, you know, you've got, you're going along through the year. You know, a shot might have made it all the way through to November, and all of a sudden you take a really great one in December. Now now suddenly that, that photo doesn't make the cut. It's got to be tough. <laughs> made it all the way exactly. through and missed it at the end. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you know, somebody came in late in the day with a good round. You missed the cut. <laughs> That's right.
0: And Evan, knowing that you've taken pictures for the Master's Journal for many years, of course, when I get the yeah. calendar, I immediately flip to April looking to see, well, which... Which one of Augusta National pictures is going to be for the month of April, and and um, it, it's not there. Is that a thing for Augusta National that the pictures that you take for them are exclusively theirs, and you're not allowed to post those in in any other places? Pretty much. Yeah, that's you know they uh,
1: when I go there they you sign this release in a contract that basically the photos you take here are their property, and that's the deal. They're pretty protective uh, about all the images that are taken on property. I mean, obviously, it's a little different now with cell phones and such. They can't really, I mean, I know you're allowed cell phones during the practice round, but there's no cell phones during the tournament. So there's not a lot they can do about that. But, you know, as far as people publishing them for commercial use, that's a different story. Right. They're pretty sure
0: they're that. When you get to go on property at Augusta National, do you get the full treatment? Do you, do you drive up Magnolia Lane and, and do all of those sorts of things? What's that like? no sir <laughs> no no magnolia lane uh, well, you
1: don't go up magnolia lane although i did once when i got to play um there's a there's a media entrance um and there's a special media parking and you know now there's a, there's a whole new media building which is amazing so yeah there's a media parking where you go in there and it's the entrance is you know just down the street from the main entrance but not a lot of people get to go in through Magnolia Lane during the tournament. You know, it's pretty much players and special guests, I guess. But um one year I did get to play after the tournament. They have a lottery every year. Media, you know, writers, uh photographers, TV people. And you put your name into the hat, so to speak, um, box. And then I think on Sunday before, you know, Sunday of the Masters, they draw out, I don't know how many names, 40 or 50 um maybe not even that meant, and you get to play on Monday and they leave the course set up the same way it was on Sunday so my name got picked one day and you get this little card you know it's like a little invitation to go play on Monday and you you get to go in through the main gate you drive down Magnolia Lane you get a locker in the champion's locker room um wow. you know you get to eat you know you get to eat breakfast and lunch in the cha- you know in the dining room or the champion's locker room so that that was kind of cool by the way, the champion's yeah. locker. No? Yeah, take us behind the scenes. What's that like? It's not that big. <laughs> um, I had uh Jose Marie Ol- Olathabo's locker, which was right next to Tiger's locker. Uh Yeah, you go in there, you get to put your stuff in the locker, change your shoes, get something to eat upstairs in the dining room, you go to the range, hit some balls. Um, yeah, you pretty much, you're basically a member for a day, is how it is, potentially.
0: You know Evan, yeah, so, I've had the privilege you, of walking those grounds and being at Augusta National mostly during a practice round, a couple of tournament proper rounds, but you've yeah. been all over the property I mean you've walked across uh, the the Hogan Bridge and you've been all 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 back in places that none of us really get to do or see what's it like to be in places that none of us have ever been and always dreamed we could go
1: uh
0: well, it was pretty cool, you know you get to see. <laughs> You get to be,
1: you know, in, you know, some of the spots that they have the cameras that maybe you can only see on TV, like back by the 13th tee. Um, actually I got a tour with their, uh, agronomist, um, one day during a tournament. I forgot what year it was, but he, so he took me all around. He took me behind, you know, he went behind the 12th green, behind the 13th tee, took me everywhere, showed me all that took me into the maintenance building, which is amazing, by the way. I mean, they have all the technology there, computers. Um, in fact, we were on the back of the 13th. It was during a practice round. We were back of the 13th tee. Mickelson uh, happened to be playing 12 and 13, So we actually, I sat on the wall behind the 13th tee and watched him hit tee shots. Wow. Yeah, so that was cool. Yeah, so um the, it's a very cool place. Very interesting. The maintenance facility is just off the charts. And that was a bunch of years ago. I'm sure it's upgraded now.
0: Evan, let's go back into your career as a player, going back to your college days. We've talked a little bit about this in the past, but University of Miami has a, has a rich golf history. Several friends of the show, people like Terry Hashimoto was a great friend and a squares ambassador. He played at Miami before you got there. Yep. Uh, my, my yep. good friend, Cindy Miller, who's going to be back on the show here yep. in a couple of weeks. She played there. Missy Bertiotti was at the University mm-hmm. of Miami the same time, I believe. That you were there. Talk so, about the rich history it, at, uh, at Miami.
1: Uh,
0: well, it's, um, you know, they, they don't have a golf team anymore,
1: a men's golf team, um, cause they, cause of title nine, they stopped it a number of years ago. But, uh, yeah, there was, um, there was some, you know, some good players that came out of there. Woody Austin, probably the most notable, you know, now in the, the, um, champions tour. He was, you know, probably the best player to come out of there, I'd say. Um, you know, Nathaniel Crosby won the U.S. amateur. Um, so he had a pretty, you know, pretty nice amateur career. Um, you know, it was, a, it was an interesting group. We had some fun, you know, some great trips. Uh, you know, that stretch, you know, from when I was there, maybe the number of years after there was some, there were some good players who came through. Um, they had a good stretch. You know, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I'm not familiar how it was before that, but then, you know, they, because of Title Nine, I believe the the golf team was, you know, the men's golf team anyway, was taken away. And I, I mean, to my knowledge, it hasn't come back, which is unfortunate. But uh, yeah, nice. there were some good years. Evan,
0: 1986 fun. is one of the great years in, in golf history. We all remember yeah. Jack Nicholas coming out of hibernation to win the Masters. You played in the '86 U.S. Open that Raymond Floyd won. Talk about your memories of being a part of one of the great U.S. Opens in history.
1: Um, well, uh, after I got over the, the ner- you know, the, it was fun. It was, it was a lot of fun and, you know, it was nerve wracking. Um, uh, a friend of mine had a house out there just down the street from Shinnecock, not too far from the water. And uh, he let me stay at the house, which was kind of nice because getting a place out there was rather difficult and not, uh, not inexpensive, you know how the Hamptons are. Um, so we, he, I basically had the house for myself for most of the week. And then I had, you know, my friend of mine, Caddy, for me, he came out, <clears throat> stayed in the house and, uh, which was only a few minutes down the road from the, from the course. My parents, you know, my parents came out, had some friends come out over the weekend. Uh, unfortunately I missed the cut, but I do remember, you know, a few of my friends at qual as well. So that was, um, you know, practice rounds with them. There was one particular round and I don't remember what we got on the first tee and the guys I play, was playing with hit off and I was, and just before I on the tee, um, termino and Norman walked onto, the tee. and as you know, Norman led every major that year to the last round. I mean, that, he won, I think he won the, the, uh, the British Open. It was called the British Open and I woke up on the tee and you could just feel it. Them, you know, they got their arms crossed or leaning on that, leaning on their clubs, looking at us going, guys, right? <laughs> and, and walked up really close behind me. Uh, it was you know, hey, get, kind of like a, hey, get out of our way kind of thing. Um, my <laughs> friends are, they laughing. And I hit and one of them said, dude, that was your U.S. open right there. You could hit that shot. You could hit any shot. <laughs>
0: No doubt.
1: Uh, Yeah. So it was fun, you know. I, you know, took my dad into the locker room and around the clubhouse, and you know, uh, he had a blast. I think he had more fun than I did. (laughs) (laughs)
0: And and Evan, speaking of Greg Norman, talk about, you know, you're right. That year for him was a year of what could have been. I mean, he could have won the Grand Slam if uh, he didn't uh, have some problems in final rounds. But what was it yep. like being around Greg, particularly at that time?
1: <laughs> well, there was two instances during that week where I you know it, it's not like I not like I talked to the guy, um, but two instances where it was that and then there was another one on I went out there early, uh, on Sunday and I went out Sunday morning to play a practice round and um it was really foggy and I went out to the range and I grabbed my bag of brand new title take them out in the range was hitting them and as I'm hitting balls I hear this noise somebody hitting a golf ball like I had never heard before it was this thud like what who is that (laughs) and I turned around and it's Norman hitting ball it's only two of us me and him right behind me hitting ball I don't know he's maybe 10 feet behind me and the noise that his ball made, I had never heard anybody hit a golf ball like that. Um, and then, I don't know, a few minutes later, another guy comes out of the fog from the other direction, and it's Nicholas. So I got wow. Norman on one side, Nicholas on the other side. They're both, you know, like 10 feet, maybe 10, 15 feet on either side of me, because they were going out to play practice. Those are two of the probably the most memorable stories of the, my U.S. Open. <laughs> no doubt.
0: <laughs> yeah. Is that the only time that... Um... You got to be around Mr. Nicholas. Did you run into him at all over the, whether it was during your playing days or certainly you photographed a bunch of his you know, golf course designs? Yeah. Have you gotten to spend any time with well, him?
1: His son, J- Jackie, uh, Jackie Jr. was in college when I, he was at North Carolina when I was playing at Miami and we had played together a few times. So I kind of got to know him and, uh, you know, he was catting for Jack, uh, at that, at the US Open there. And so we ran into each other and, you know, we were, I forgot where it was. It might have been a locker room. We said, uh, Hey, here's my dad. He introduced me to him. He goes, here, here's my dad, Jack. I went, really? <laughs> um, you don't so say that was about, I forgot to, you know, be around him or talk to him, but it was pretty brief. He was kind of on his, you know, heading out.
0: Evan, so, let's, let's talk about some of the iconic horses that you've taking photographs at and Royal County down I read is one of your favorite courses and is one of, you know, one of the courses on all of our bucket list. Talk about yeah. why you love that course so much. And uh, some of the things that you learned about the course when you've been there.
1: Well, the first time I played it was, it was a bunch of years ago. I was um, I was actually, I worked as an assistant professional at Quaker Ridge for a number of years. And I went over to Ireland it's actually my first trip to Ireland. We played in pro am at Valley Bunyan. And, um, a friend of mine was going to, after the, you know, after the event was going to come over and meet me. And then we were going to go play some courses. We didn't know what or where. We were just going to get in the car and go. And somebody said, you know, cause I really love Valley Bunyan. So, and somebody said, if you like this place, you got to take a trip up north to Royal County down, which I wasn't really that familiar with at the time. He goes, that place, he goes, if you like this, you're going to love that place because it's, he thought it was way better. So after the event, got in the car and drove across the country and, uh, we got there late. We played a late afternoon round and then a morning round, uh, stayed in a little bed and breakfast. And it was, I love the place that, you know, from the minute I set foot on it, and I thought this is the greatest golf course I've ever seen. I don't know that I'd ever seen a golf course like this with these huge mounds and dunes and, you know, the uh the the heather the grass you know on the you know the fescue all over the place I just it was like wild, wow, look at this place. Uh and we happened to catch it on a really good day and you know, after that we went up and played Port Rush, which I also love, but I just from that moment on I just I just love broad County down. I mean I remember playing the ninth hole we were with a caddy and you know the ninth hole you hit up over the hill you can't it's a blind tee shot and he says, "Well, aim for that rock." So I hit it, the ball goes right over the rock. I said, okay, whatever. I don't know. And you walk up come over the crest of the hill and you look down and you see the water to your left. You see the first hole, and you see this ninth hole heading to the to the clubhouse and then there's the um the mountain of morn in the distance. Um and the Sleep donored Hotel is also there. It's just I was like, "Wow, look at this." Uh so that that memory, as you can tell, is very vivid with me to this day. And I've been back a, a
0: couple of times since,
1: um, to photograph and then play it. It's to me,
0: it's I, the best golf course I'd ever seen. You've also photographed another course on it's certainly on my bucket list. And that's Oldhead. Head. are uh, head of marketing. Yeah. Brent Dornford has come on the show a few times. Sure. What were your impressions of Oldhead?
1: I haven't been down to, uh, you know, Cape Kidnappers or, uh, power cliffs yet, which also, but it's the most spectacular setting for golf I've ever seen. Um, you know, you have this uh, basically this precipice that sticks, sticks out into the water almost two miles. The lighthouse at Old Head is almost two miles out into the water. So you're playing golf. You're literally, you know, anywhere from I would guess, you know, three quarters of a mile to almost two miles out into the ocean. It's up on these cliffs that are I don't know how high they are, two hundred feet, two hundred and fifty feet at at times. Um the setting is just it's off the charts. Uh and not only that, but the I mean it's like a wildlife preserve with all the birds and the different kinds of plants that are out there that yeah, I think, you know, they have birds and plants out there they don't have anywhere else. Um so it's a uh it's quite the experience, especially you know if you may have accommodation to if you you know stay there as well, which I didn't, but it's uh there's not too many places like it you know you know you walk along these cliffs and you look down and you know there's rocks and the cliffs and the ocean crashing against the you know these holes that run you know roll on the cliffs, and you're just looking going in awe of this place um and if you catch it on a nice day uh I mean because you can get some pretty nasty days out there. Catch it on a nice day, that's just a bonus.
0: And but it looks like recently, based on what I was seeing on uh, some of your social media pages, you've been out to mm-hmm. uh, Baltus Roll, which is another one of the iconic courses in our game here in the U.S. Talk about walking yeah. those grounds.
1: Uh, well, you know, they recently, uh, Gil Hans just uh, restored it to, you know, I, I know he, um, well, I played Baltus Roll a number of times. Uh, over the years and uh, you know I always liked the course I mean, it, it was always a you know it's, it's a big long golf course Um but it never had you know like Wingfoot, Quaker Ridge always had the feel of a Tillinghouse course to me Baltasar didn't have the feel of a Tillinghouse course until Gil Hans just restored it and now I mean it's, it's spectacular it really has the look and feel of a house course and what I understand is he worked off some old plans, some old aerial shots to restore the bunkers and the fairway lines. You know, the clubhouse is just, you know, I mean, it's one of the most beautiful, iconic clubhouses in the country. Uh, you know, so when you walk up that 18th hole and you see the clubhouse sitting on top of the hill there, pretty neat place. And, uh, yeah, Gil did a great job. You know, the bunkers look really wonderful now, especially the, um, the Sahara bunker complex they have on 17. Which is, he restored. And, um, I'm probably going to head back there at some point this spring or summer. So, you know, I'm sure it's grown in a bunch since I was there last year. Uh, so, you know, the re- the, the re- restoration has probably matured some. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. I remember being there in 1980 when Jack Nichols won the US Open. Oh, is that right? Yeah. You were on the ground? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was there when uh, he comes down the last few holes. I was there. I was actually lying. I remember running down the fairway. There was so many people there. Everybody's yelling. Everybody's going crazy. Jack is, you know, because he hadn't won anything in a while. And, you know, he went down the stretch against Aoki. And I remember all these people, and they were around the 18th green, and I, I couldn't get near it. I couldn't see. And my brother and I, so I remember crawling, crawling on, on the ground. i mean look, you know, I wasn't that old. Just crawling under people's legs to get to the green so I could see <laughs> And they were like, What are you doing? I, said, I, <laughs> I wow. crawled like a couple people's legs between Ella's side, lying on the ground. I didn't even know what I was doing, where I was going to be. I ended up coming like, as he was lining up his putt, he was looking, you know, right in my direction. So when he made that last putt, it was actually coming right at me, you know, and then he, you know, raised the putter like he does. And everybody went, you know, crazy.
0: Evan, one more before I let you go. Are there sure, still sure. courses out there? I mean, again, 600-plus championship golf courses that you photograph. Are there still ones out yeah. there that you're trying to get to? I would love to go down
1: to the sand belts in uh, Australia to, sh- you know, shoot some of the course plays, to shoot some of the courses down there, like Royal Melbourne. There's so many down there. And also New Zealand to get to, you know, uh, Tower ED and Cape Kidnaptors, uh Kari Cliffs. There's a number down there. You know, King Island, I want to get down there. Uh, And in the States, I would love to get to Hills out in Nebraska. To me, it might be Corwin Crenshaw's best course. It might be, you know, one of the, if not the best, you know, one of the best modern-day designs ever. I haven't been up to Kohler yet. I would love to get up there. That's just off the top of my head. I, you know, would love to get to at some point. Evan uh, before sure I let up. you go sure no, go ahead
0: and finish your thought
1: yeah, no, that was it. those are the ones that come to mind,
0: Evan, before I let you go, remind our listeners again how they can go online, get one of your photographs, stay up to date with all the great things you're doing, and follow you on social media as well
1: uh well the the website, as you said, is evan dot com there's all kinds of information you can. You know, you can watch videos, you can purchase prints. If you want to just look at photos, you can go there. Uh, so there's all kinds of stuff. And I'm always going to be adding, I'm always adding stuff. Uh, social media, I'm on, I'm on, you know, I'm on Instagram, I'm on Twitter, Facebook, uh, LinkedIn. I'm probably most active on Instagram. It, it basically Evan Schiller Photography, you could find me. Um, yeah, I'm pretty active just about every day. It's also I mean, a lot of people communicate with me via Instagram Um and I always enjoy that and just enjoy, you know, chatting with my followers and having conversations and getting people's feedback. So that's always kind of fun. So, yeah, I'm pretty active there. So you can always find me there or Evan, you, know, you can reach me website, whatever. Yeah.
0: Evan, it's always a lot of fun having you as part of the show. So many great stories, so many great experiences. And on top of that. So many great photographs. I can't thank you enough for well, taking time out of your busy schedule to come and uh, be a part oh, yeah. of the show again. I enjoy spending time with you.
1: Well, thank you. I do too. Thank you. I really appreciate it. You guys take do care, do my do friend. Do
0: great job. All right. Thanks. See you, Evan. Bye. That is the great Evan Schiller. Again, Evan Schiller is the site. S-C-H-I-L-L-E-R, and Evan, is E-V-A-N, so it's not E-N, it's A-N, evanschillerphotography.com is the site. And folks, you got to follow him. Follow him on Instagram, follow him on Twitter, follow him on on LinkedIn. Like he said, he is active every day. He's always posting his great pictures. And it's just a wonder to watch and see what, what the next uh, great one is going to be in the calendar. It's fantastic. Again, I'm looking at it right here on my wall. So you get 12 great ones there. But you're going to get one just about every day of the year, like Evan says, and uh, you're going to shake your head. You're going to go, oh, my God, I can't believe how beautiful that is. I can't believe what great lighting he used to get these you know, images. How does he do it? It's just it's a wonder. He's a great photographer and a great guy. And I look forward to having him back on the show again soon.